0: What is up City Hope Church? Wasn't worship amazing? Come on y'all were a lot more excited when the team was up here leading you in worship but man worship was amazing listen before we go any further as you know we are one house with many many rooms and so with all of our rooms joining in with us right now what i want to do is take a minute and i want to welcome everyone down in foley Baymenet, mobile i want to welcome my friends at jo davis at fountain and holman correctional and last but certainly not least we want to welcome everyone that's joining us online Uh, Many of you are traveling, a lot of our local families traveling, so a lot of people have tuned in online. So whether you're behind a computer screen by yourself or in one of our rooms, can we just put our hands together and just give a big warm welcome to our City Hope family. Good deal. I'm excited to be here, as as you know, or some of you know maybe, my name is Dale and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I have the privilege of speaking to you this morning. And let me just tell you, uh, it's an honor. It's an absolute honor, and it's humbling to be able to do this. I appreciate the uh, the trust that Pastor Jerry and Pastor Trey have in me to allow me to share with you, and I'm excited for what I have. I really believe, uh, I've got a message that uh, I really believe God's given me, and it was one of those deals where he's had to kind of walk me through it so that I could share it with you, and that's what uh, that's what's coming to you. It's nothing that uh, I've had for a long time. It's really a fresh revelation, so I'll kind of unpack that as we walk through, but I want to talk about something that's been on everyone's heart and everyone's mind at least once over the last four days. And the reason I know that is because four days ago was Thanksgiving. And so I want to talk a little bit about thankfulness, because at some point, probably, you're like me, at some point throughout the last four days, probably, if you're like me, it was on Thanksgiving Day. And this typically happens uh, right about the time we're going to eat The food We're going to have the meal, and uh, either I'm going to pray or someone else is going to pray over the food. And I just stand there for a moment. I look around the room, and typically there's family in the room, typically there's friends. And a bountiful meal. And I just start to go down the list of what I'm thankful for, who I'm thankful for, those things and those people that are in my life. And uh, it's great that we dedicate a day throughout the year to actually be able to do that I think honestly we need to do that on a more regular basis and so that's kind of where my message will take us in a moment but what's interesting to me is that Thanksgiving comes on the eve of um, I don't know any other way to say it other than some extreme overindulgence and I'm not pointing fingers because I am right there with each and every one of you and it starts Christmas day, its I mean it starts that Christmas day it starts Thanksgiving day with the meal and if you're anything like me, maybe you're not but I know you are because I've seen your social media post. You eat heavy on that day. And so I go, I go into it with a game plan. I've got a plan. And so what I do is round one is I go up there and I, get, I, get, I go to the counter and I get a little bit of everything that's available. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see what it is I really like. So when round two comes around, because there's going to be a round two because it's Thanksgiving meal. All right. Any other day, I can skip the second, but the seconds, but this time I'm, I'm going for round two. And so what I'll do is I'll find out on that first round what it is I really like, and then when I go back, I'll get a few heapings or, or excuse me, helpings of those items. My whole plan backfired on me this year, by the way, because I got a little bit of everything. plate was full, overflowing, and uh, I ate it, and, and honestly, everything on my plate was amazing. So round two looked a lot like round one. I just loaded it back up again. And I wasn't even hungry when I started the second round. But, but I, I was able to take care of that and finish that off. And then there was just no way I could eat any, anything else other than that slice of cheesecake. I just wolfed down. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just the overindulgence of eating. And, and you guys are looking at me like maybe you didn't do that. I don't really believe you, but okay. Uh, so it's the eating part. It's the food that's, a, that's available. And then the very next day, you know what it is. It's Black Friday. And we just shot more that day. And I was right there with you. I was right in the middle of all the craziness. Uh, I was right there with you. We shot more on that day. I shot more on that day than I had months prior to uh, right there on that day. And the weird thing about Black Friday is it used to be like a big deal when a store would open at 6 a.m., you know, And then through the years, it's backed up 4 a.m., and then midnight, and then 10 o'clock the night before. And uh, I actually heard an ad, Thanksgiving Day, I heard an ad of a store opening at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. Maybe that's been happening, but I was just like, pretty soon it's just going to be uh, Black Thanksgiving and Black Friday. It's just all going to be, we're just going to shop the whole time. So you've got food, and you have shopping. And then obviously, if you're down from down in the south where we are, a lot of us, uh, like myself, we enjoy a little bit of college football. I just think it's a little sad <laughs> that we shout about college football, sometimes more than Jesus. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so it's a big college football weekend, and again, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm right there with you. It's so much football, you can just kind of marinate in it for two or three days. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a big deal. It's the time of year. Games matter. Uh, it's rival weekend, and if you're right here where we are, you know, there was a huge game on yesterday afternoon, and we'll just leave that right there. We won't go any further. <laughs> talk about that. But let me tell you something about thanksgiving and, and honestly thankfulness and i'm just going to be really transparent with you right here um it's difficult for me at times to be a thankful person and that's why this was this whole preparing this whole thing was kind of a journey for me because it's difficult at times for me to be a thankful person because we live in a country guys we are blessed I'm telling you, uh, I, I know things aren't exactly like we, we want them to be, and if we could change things, we would change a lot of things. But at the end of the day, the United States of America, we are a blessed, blessed, blessed people. And, and yeah, it's all right, we are. And, and if you hesitate to appreciate that at all, then, then the chances are you just probably hadn't had the opportunity to see another culture or another country and I encourage you make an effort go somewhere see something because it will completely open your eyes to how blessed we are but the reason it's difficult for me at times is because it seems like the more blessed I am the more difficult it is to be thankful or the more difficult it is to be grateful I don't know if you've ever noticed this but I'm, I'm guilty of this as uh have you ever had somebody do something for you that was just totally unexpected and totally amazing or maybe they gave you something that you just completely didn't expect and then when they did it it was I mean you were blown away you're like I cannot believe you just did that for me that is so amazing thank you thank you know and you're just all this gratitude all this thankfulness and then uh you know maybe a little bit later somebody does the same thing or they do it again and you're like wow Thanks again for that. That's so neat. And then the third time, you're like, wow, thank you. And then the, the, the fourth time, you're just like, okay, yeah, it's mine. So whatever. And you know what I'm saying? You kind of, it, there's a line for me. Again, I'm just talking about myself, okay? We'll just talk about Dale today. But there's a line that's crossed when, when at times when, I, when, it goes, when something goes from appreciation to almost expectation. Am I the only one that you've you've been in that place? You're like, man, I appreciate that, but then the next thing you know, you kind of expect it, or it goes from a a thankfulness or gratitude to a place of entitlement, like I I deserve that, I earn that, or and and it all happens just kind of gradually, and I don't know where that line is, but I know I've crossed it before when I was just like, yeah, yeah, come on, that's mine, and I'm gonna, you, you know, and I lose that whole heart of thanksgiving, that whole heart of gratitude. And, and I think sometimes it's difficult, too, because of our culture. Yeah, we're a blessed people, but we are very entitled people. And I, I know sometimes uh, when you get a little older, you know, we'll look down and, at, at some of the younger folks and say, well, they're entitled. But, you know, I, we, we all can get there. It's easy to get there. So we, we, we're entitled. We deserve it. It's ours. Or, or maybe we get to that mindset, you know, we want more. Man, we want more, 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 and we want it now. But the question I have for you and the question I have for myself is, but am I, and, and I think it's okay to want more. I believe the Bible talks about having a vision, and and we should have a vision, and God wants to give us more, but the big question is, are we grateful, are we thankful for what we currently have? Before we cross over into that line of just more, more, and more. Probably the first time uh, I experienced this, or my eyes were open to this, a lot of you may have heard me tell this story, and I'll probably tell it to the day I die, because something happened in my life that just really changed the whole trajectory of my life. Um, It was in 1998, I went on my very first mission trip And uh, went to Honduras and and spent a week there with some friends of ours They're actually City Hope family, Dr. Martin and Wendy Williams Uh, They're probably tuning in now, they tune in each and every week with us They're part of our family So a few of us guys were going to go build a house in Honduras And side note, I don't know anything about building a house Didn't then, don't now, you know, I I don't know But something that was kind of odd is uh, I didn't know it at the time when I went but God showed me this after the fact. But when I went, I went with a little bit of uh, arrogance. Kind of this, uh, and again, I couldn't verbalize it because I didn't know it even existed at the time. So I went with this little bit of pride, this little bit of arrogance, and it was this, uh, we're Americans, we're going to get down there and we're going to show them how it's done. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry, no, y'all don't know what I mean. Probably someone else that's tuning in online. Maybe you get where I'm coming from. But it was just kind of a haughtiness. It was actually kind of nasty. But... Um, probably within 48 hours of being in that country and being around those beautiful people, I'm telling you, I was a completely broken man. And the question I had was, how can a people or a people group have so little but be so thankful? I'm telling you, it, it was eye-opening. I said, how, how, how can a people group have so little and have so much joy? So I started in my mind trying to figure this thing out. Okay, there's there's something here. I'm, I'm not connecting the dots because I'm coming from you know the land of milk and honey, and, and I'm I'm living this entitlement, this pride, this weird thing. So what? How can I how can I make this work? And then I figured it out. And then when I got home, I shared I shared it with my wife, with Leanne. And I told her I said, here's the deal. I've got this thing figured out. We need to sell the house. We need to downsize, get rid of a bunch of stuff, live on as little as we can, and we'll be so thankful. We may even move to Honduras. And and I was showing her <laughs> pictures of the houses there, and, and, and she jumped up. She said, I'm so glad that you can hear from God like that, Dale. It's just, And she didn't respond like that at all, folks. Come on, ladies, help me out. She looked at me like that, and she said, where have you been, and what are you talking about? Sit down, shut up, and I'll talk to you <laughs> I'll tell you what we need to do. And, and I, honestly, and it's, it's funny now. But at the time, I was, I was, I was kind of thrown back. I'm just like, man, she's not hearing God. She's not getting this. But the thing is, see, we can laugh now, but it wasn't funny then. I had years of torment over this. And what I was trying to do was wrong. I was trying to take a culture of another country, of another people, and bring it back and try to live under that. And, 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 and it was just completely wrong. And, and I started thinking... No, no, no. There, there must be a way. We're not blessed by accident. You understand that, right? There, there must be a way that we can be extremely blessed and extremely thankful at the same time. Why do I know that? Because the nature of God is to bless his people. And he never wants us to live with this entitlement. I deserve all this. So there's got to be a way we can be extremely blessed but yet be extremely grateful for what we have at the same time. And so this journey kind of started back then. Because it's so easy to get our eyes off what we have and get focused on everything we don't have. Anybody else have a problem with that? I mean, it's so easy to just lose sight of the current blessings and look at everything that I don't have. There's a a great picture of this, and it's in Genesis chapter 2. And you know the story. It's Adam and Eve, and God's about to put them in the garden. But before he does, he makes uh, these trees grow in the garden. And I'm going to start at verse 9, and I'm going to read it. It says, Out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Listen, pleasant to the sight and good for food. Also in the midst, uh, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So get this picture. Don't just zoom across this. Get this picture. Uh, Every tree... That's that's pleasant to the sight and every tree that's good for food Now, I don't know how many trees that makes up every All right, but I know i've seen a lot of beautiful trees and and there's a lot of beautiful trees I've never laid eyes on and god said, you know what? I'm going to make every one of those beautiful trees that are pleasant to the sight I'm going to make every one of them grow in this garden And then he said i'm going to take every tree that's good for food, which i've seen a bunch of them All right, but I haven't seen them all and there's a bunch He said i'm going to make every tree that's good for food And I'm going to make every one of those grow in the garden. And I'm going to give them the tree of life. So they've got orchards. And I don't know how big this is. This is massive. It's all there. And he said, I'm going to give you all this. And I'm going to give you the tree of life. And the only one, there's one tree. I just say, listen, don't partake in this one. And for some reason, instead of being extremely blessed like they were and extremely thankful They lost sight of everything they had, and they got hyper-focused on the one tree. God said, just leave that one alone. I think we do, and we may think, man, they're crazy for doing that. I think we do the exact same thing. Lose sight of what we have, focusing on what we don't have or what we can't have. And I'm going to tell you, living this way is extremely difficult It makes it, to me, I think it makes it impossible to live a life of thankfulness, living that way, keeping your eyes focused on what you don't have and forgetting about everything that we do have. So in in thinking this through, I'm like, honestly, I don't want to be an ungrateful person. I don't want to be a spoiled person. I want to be a thankful person. And and parents, you know, you want to give everything you can to your children, but you never want to cross that line, this imaginary, it's a a real line, but we don't know where it is. I don't want to cross that line where my child becomes ungrateful. But yet I want to give them everything. I want to give her everything because, you know what I'm saying, she brings so much joy to my life. So I want to give, and I think God wants to do the same thing. So then I ask myself, listen, is there a way to do this? Is there a way to live with extreme blessing and extreme extreme thankfulness at the same time? And this isn't something I've had. Listen, it's been within the last two or three weeks that I've caught this. So what I'm bringing to you is is something fresh that God showed me because I'm telling you, I didn't have it. I didn't have it figured out. So I believe I I found the key. I believe I found the way through the scriptures of how we can live this life and stay thankful and stay full of gratitude without crossing that line into entitlement. So I want to start by telling you a story. It's in Luke chapter 11. It started verse 11. Excuse me, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And and you may have heard the story, and it's about the ten lepers, and Jesus heals every one of them. But what I want you to do, maybe you've read it many times, and I had read it many times, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and just kind of forget that you've ever heard it. All right? and, and, and let God open your ears so you can hear really what he's wanting to say today through this story. And open your eyes as this thing unfold, unfolds so you can just see where it goes. So it says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And I want to take a quick pause there, and this has nothing to do with the message, but I just want to tell you something that's really cool. Wednesday, a group of us just came back from Israel. And, and this is a trip we do every year, and uh, it's only my second time to be able to go. But let me tell you what it does, and if you haven't been, make plans to go, and, and don't wait until we walked over 60 miles in nine days. I mean, it's it, you're on hoof a lot. But the cool thing about going to Israel is, I don't, I don't know, when you read scriptures, you create these pictures of what things look like, you know. You, you create this picture of what Jerusalem may look like or Galilee, but during these few days, we just spent so many days in and around Galilee. We crossed the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Samaria, We saw Samaria there in the area where that is. And we traveled up and down to Jerusalem a couple times. I'm telling you, it literally makes something as simple as this just kind of come off the page. So I want to invite you. It's already on. We do it normally the, the week before Thanksgiving. So I want to invite you to come and be a part of that trip with us. It, it really does change your perspective on a lot of things. But it said, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into the village. And ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, have pity on us. And that's important there because they had to stand at a distance because they had leprosy. And if you read a little bit in Leviticus, you'll find out that they they had to be separated from their family, from their friends, because they had this horrible disease. So they had to stand at a distance and actually communicate with people. And then when Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And they went and they were cleansed. They were healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And the guy started walking away, and the next thing you know it, they're healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And I think this is so awesome because just two verses before, they had to stand at a distance and ask God, ask Jesus to help them out. But then when he healed him, he was able to come back and put. he was able to approach Jesus and throw himself at Jesus' feet. So now he had this one-on-one relationship right there with Jesus. I think that's beautiful. When he was was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Weren't all ten of those guys healed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? He was a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. He said, we're not even supposed to be around each other, but you're the only one that returned. Listen, I don't want to miss the miracle Listen, this is leprosy, horrible disease, no cure for this disease. It causes skin sores, ner- nerve damage, and if it's left alone for any amount of time, it's, it's kind of graphic. But you literally start to lose fingers. You start to lose part of your hands, toes, feet, parts of your body literally, literally start to eat away. Myself and a few of us were able to witness this firsthand a few years ago. I've uh, been to India. been to a, a leper colony a couple of times. Spent some time with some lepers. And it's, it's a real deal. It is a, an absolute horrible disease that there was no cure for. And Jesus said the word, and all ten of them were healed. I'm telling you, it was a big deal. It was such a big deal that when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush, he used this as one of those signs. Because Moses was like, I don't know if they're going to... How are they, they going to believe? Are they going to believe that I talked to you? Are they going to believe that you sent me? And God's like, let's do this. Let me show you a couple signs. You show this to them, and they'll believe. Throw your staff down. You know what happens. The staff turns into a snake. And he said, reach down and grab it by the tail. And Moses did that. Now, if that would have been Dale, I would have drew the line. I said, that's it, God. Nope. I'm not, that's a good miracle. Let's just move on now. I'm not going to. I would have missed it all, I'm telling you. But Moses was the man. He grabbed that thing by the tail, and it turned back into a staff. And then he said, put your hand in your cloak. And then he said, pull it out. And when he did, it was leprous. He had this horrible disease. There was no cure. can't imagine what was going on in Moses' mind. And then he turned around and he said, hey, put it back in your cloak and pull it out. And it was completely healed. And I think God was saying, you show them this and they'll know I sent you because this was a horrible disease that there was no cure. This was a big deal. And one guy out of 10 returned and said, thank you. Now, the Bible doesn't say this part. This is my opinion, all right, just so it's clear. But I really have no doubt in my mind that the other nine appreciated the fact that they were healed. Think about it. They couldn't be around family. They couldn't be around friends. Now they're healed. Now they can come back together with their family and friends. Who wouldn't appreciate that? Their body was literally falling apart in front of them. I mean, it's a horrible disease. And now, all of a sudden, it's healed. They're whole. Who wouldn't appreciate that? So... I believe that all 10 of them were extremely grateful for what Jesus had done because it was a big deal. And what did the one do that the others didn't do? Listen to me now. Here it is. He simply expressed his gratitude. He made his thoughts and he made his feelings known to somebody. He just expressed his gratitude. Here it is. A life of thankful. This is what I believe. I believe a life of thankful living comes from a life of thanksgiving now what i mean by that is we need to express our thanks we need to be able to give thanks to express our thanks because the scripture talks about it time and time and time again many times we'll be like well i was thankful so were the other nine but they didn't express that gratitude and it threw jesus off he's like hold on did i miss something weren't all 10 of you healed did you yeah they were all but they didn't express that gratitude and the bible talks about that there's a scripture and it's in I don't know how many script, how many places it's found I found it in 5 just like that but it's 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 located in Psalms 106 107 118 136 1st 1 Chronicles 18 1634 it says this it says give thanks to the lord for he's good his mercy or his love endures forever it doesn't say be thankful It says, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His mercy endures forever. Psalms 100 verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That's something we do as a City Hope family each and every weekend. We walk in this place, and before anybody starts speaking, we just take a moment and sing three or four songs or whatever it is, and we just give, we just express our gratitude back to god and i don't know about you but i absolutely love it i mean it is it's one of my favorite things to be able to do that and if you've ever really done that like really just you know what i'm just going to express my gratitude right now god nothing else really matters and if you've really done that let me tell you what's happened is things that you came in weighted down about start to drift away they start to just kind of fall away and you really become appreciative you really become thankful because that's what god does when we make him the center when we make him the focus everything else just kind of falls in the background or in the shadows first thessalonians 5 18 says it again give thanks in all circumstances i'm just trying to convince you that we're to give thanks uh, john 6 11, jesus did the same thing jesus took the loaves he gave thanks and distributed to all who were seated as much as they wanted he did the same he gave thanks uh, again for the fish and then did the same thing. Thankfulness is something that's not just felt, it's something that's given. It's something that's expressed and I think that's what keeps us thankful. I believe that is what keeps us from crossing that line from appreciation to this expectation or entitlement mindset that none of us really want to have. We want to be thankful thankful people. I know, I I do. I want to be that thankful person. I want to live every day thankful to people and thankful for to God for what he's given me So what I want to do is I want to help you I want to give you four things that are just help you Stay in this mode Or stay in this uh, mindset of thanks Not just inward thanks But thanksgiving This expression of gratitude Four things that are going to help you out Because they've already started helping me out Just walking through this The first one, it's important to know this It's important to know that everything that you have Everything that we have is a gift it's a gift and the thing about gifts is we don't earn them. We don't deserve them They're just that they're a gift And james 1 says every good and perfect gift Is from above coming down from the father of heavenly light So we need to understand everything we have is a gift and the source of the of that gift is god Everything that we have the people in your life that are a blessing Everything that we have is a gift and it's from god. So now we know that it's a gift It's not we're not we don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it It is simply a gift that god's given us and and it's again. It's come from god And what we need to understand is they're his gifts They're his benefits that he expresses to us psalms 103 verse 2 says bless the lord. O my soul and forget not all of his Benefits they're his gifts. They're his benefits and they entrust us with them And I don't know about you, but I need the benefits of god. I'm completely and totally dependent on his gifts. I'm completely and totally dependent on the benefits that He has for me. And I believe, I believe thanksgiving comes from a place there, it comes from a, a place of dependence. I believe it comes from a place of need. Secondly, it's important to know this it's important to know the purpose of the gift. It's important to know the purpose of the gift because here's the deal we all have a need for purpose. Every person under the sound of my voice, you have a need for. For purpose, We will not, realize this, we don't even appreciate our own lives until we realize why we're here. Until we realize the purpose of our life. That's why we talk about next, our next class all the time. Because you have a purpose, we have a purpose. We want to help you find what that purpose is. We want to come alongside you, help you find that purpose and walk that thing out. That is something that I love as much as anything else. God doesn't do anything just random just because he does things with a purpose. He's a planned, he's a calculated God. You have purpose. Everything in your life has purpose. But here's the deal. It's up to us to find out what the purpose is. Most of the time, God doesn't just say, hey, here's the gift, and by the way, here's the purpose for the gift. He says, here's the, here's the gift, and I feel like he kind of stands back just to kind of see, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to ask me what the purpose of that gift is? Are they going to assume that it has purpose? Or just hold on to it. Third, it's important to know the responsibility that comes with the gift, and this is where stewardship comes in. Every gift God gives us, God entrusts us, God gives us to steward, has a responsibility that we are to, to assume. There's a story in the Bible Jesus, uh, in, in the Gospels Jesus talks about. It's a parable, and it's about the talents, and you, you've heard it, many of you probably heard it before, but there was a master and he had three servants, and he was going out of town. He said, hey, I want to I spread out these talents. i want to give one guy, I'm going to give him five talents. I'm going to give the other guy two. I'm going to give another guy one. And he went out of town for a little bit, and he came back, and he said, hey, he went to the guy with the five talents. He said, hey, what about those talents? What would you do with those? And I, I believe he was a little arrogant. He's like, you know, Master, you gave me five, and I invested them, and uh, I doubled my money. <laughs> Look what I did there. And I loved the Master's response. He was like, well done. This is what Jesus said. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been, you've been faithful with a little. He assumed responsibility. He said, you've been faithful with a little. I'm going to make you master over much. I'm going to put much under you. Come on in to the joy of your master. And then he went to the guy who had two talents. He said, hey, what would you do with those two talents? He said, I invested them. I did good. I doubled my money. He had four. Now realize he had four, which was less than the first guy had to start with. But he assumed responsibility, in it and he did something with what the master gave him. And the response was, according to Jesus in the parable, the response was exactly the same as the guy who had 10. He said, well, good. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little bit. I'm going to put you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. And then he went to the last guy who had one. He said, hey, what would you do with that talent? He said, well, I know you're a hard man. So I took what you gave me and I hid it. But I'm going to dig it up and I'm going to clean it off and I still got it. Because I know you're always trying to reap where you didn't sow. And I want you to hear the response of the master. And this is out of the Message Bible. It says, the master was furious. He said, that's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. I love that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least you would have gotten a little interest. Take the one and give it to the one who risks the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb Throw him into utter darkness. Listen god's benefits come with a responsibility James says that our lives are like a vapor Depending on the version you read it may say a mist or a wisp of fog It's gone And when you look at the big timeline, let me tell you our lives here are short And so the question I have for you is what are you doing? How are you stewarding? How are you managing those things that God has placed in your life? How are you stewarding your life? How are you stewarding your your spouse, your children, those that you're leading, your employees, your business, your finances? How well are you doing? How well are we doing with that? Because here's what I believe. I believe when we find the purpose for the gifts that God's given us, All the gifts that He's given us and we we assume responsibility and carry that out. I think that in and of itself expresses gratitude to God because He looks at us and says, you know what, they have taken responsibility. They are searching for purpose for that child and helping them walk in the purpose God has. And I think that is expressing gratitude for the gifts that God's given us. And it helps to see things as every see everything through the eyes of everything's God's, everything's the Lord's. Everything we have is temporary. Again, our life is a vapor. So if I can see everything, it's it's God's. I look at everything different. It's like that young lady, sir, that you married. She was God's daughter before she was your wife. How are you doing with that? That man, ma'am, that you've married, he was God's son before you married him. How, How are you managing? How are you, and not controlling, but how are you stewarding that gift that God's put in your life? That business that you have before it was your business, it was the plan and a purpose God had in the blueprint of your life. And he dropped that idea into your spirit, and he started resourcing you and helping you have these ideas. He's putting all this in you. How well are you managing that? How well are you stewarding that? I think these are questions we have to ask ourselves. And then lastly, we need to understand that what we have is enough. And this is basically just talking about contentment. Because I've heard it said it's not happy people who are grateful, it's grateful people who are happy. It starts with being grateful and being thankful for what we have and realizing that what we have is enough. A little bit earlier, I told you about, um, we were talking about the lepers and uh, the fact that I was able to go to India a few years back and one of those trips, we went to a leper colony and a few of us, we, we gathered in a courtyard area and uh, someone pulled out a guitar and we sang and worshipped and uh, it was amazing. And we gave gifts and just loved on everybody there, provided a meal. And then afterwards, a couple of those that were over the colony, they came up, this the community, they came up and said, hey, Kajala, uh, there were some that we couldn't make it to this uh, to the courtyard here. Would you mind going kind of door to door and uh, bringing them a gift? And I'm just like, well, we Can we? That's amazing. And what I found out later is the reason they couldn't come to the courtyard is because they can't walk. And they only had so many of these little two-foot-by-two-foot wooden carts with wheels on them that they would sit people on, and they would drag them up there and roll them up there to to come, and they just ran out of time trying to get everybody. So it was an incredible opportunity to be able to do it. Now, I want to paint this picture for you. It's an open-air hallway. It's outside, and, and then there's just room after room after room. And there was a doorway. Most of them didn't have a door. Some had a sheet hanging. It's all concrete. And the room was probably eight feet by eight feet, thereabout. One or two small pieces of something, a little shelf or something in the room. There was no bed in the room. There was no mattress. There was a little mat that was about as thin as that iPad right there on that concrete. And so we were going door to door, and, and, and everyone on our team, we were, we were wrecked. We were just loving on these beautiful people. And we got to this one lady's door, and uh, actually we've got a picture of her. We'll, we'll show that to you. But we got to her door, And we were talking to her, giving her a gift, and through a translator communicating, and we prayed for her. And then she asked if she could sing us a song. I mean, this is a no brainer, absolutely. You could sing us a song. And so she starts singing and she starts clapping her hands. And while she's doing that, we asked the lady that we know that could speak English, you know, finally I said, what are they, what is she saying? You know, what's the words to the song? And she said, she's singing about the faithfulness and the goodness of God, how good God was. It'll change you. I'm talking about contentment. And I'm not saying what we have is bad. I'm just saying there is a way when we can start giving thanks to the person, to the God who gives us every gift that we have. And we can start living this life of thanksgiving, of expressing that gratitude. And we can be, and it's okay to have more. Again, vision. God wants us to have vision. But be thankful for what we have Do not let what you want rob you from what you have. Let's not live there. Do not let what you want rob you from what you have. There's a scripture I used earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and I I focused on the part that said, give thanks. Look at the last three words, in all circumstances. And I know there are some in this room and there are different rooms and online. You're like, you don't know what I'm going through and there's just no room for me to be thankful right now. There's no way for me to be content. Let me tell you, Paul, the apostle Paul, he knew this better than anyone. There's a scripture in Philippians and he talks about, I knew what it was like to not have anything and I know what it's like to have much. I can have little, I can have all this. But listen, he said, I've learned to be content in the middle of all this and into that. He said, and it's Christ who's helped me do this. It's only through him when we can see things through the lens of what he's given us and and appreciate that through that and be able to give him thanks. Thanksgiving turns what we have into plenty, into enough, and even more. And just so you know, it's not just things that we need to be thankful for. One morning when I was preparing this, there was about four hours of that day where everything I tried to do went south. And I was kind of frustrated and I was whining to God and I said, I'm supposed to learn. I'm trying to figure out what well, this whole Thanksgiving thing thanks what is this, God? There, I, I'm looking around. I'm, i was literally in my truck just thinking through, I was like, There's nothing to be thankful for right now. And he reminded me of something. And you could go through the whole chapter of Psalm 136, and I'm not going to. You could just but if you're just like, man, everything's going south for me, Dale. There's really nothing to be thankful for. Let me give you something that you can camp out, camp out on the rest of your life if you have to. He says, it says give thanks. The psalmist said give thanks to the Lord because he's good. <laughs> it even goes on to say his love endures forever. If you can't find anything else to express gratitude for, you can express gratitude for the fact that God's good. And that he loves you. And when you were not lovable, he loved you. And when you did things that didn't deserve his love, he loved you anyway. His love is unconditional. It's everlasting. I'm telling you, it's always there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what we can thank God for. Even when things don't seem to be working out and circumstances aren't exactly what we think they should be, could be, or want them to be. We can give thanks because God is simply good. So in closing here's what I want to do one thing I know is that there are a lot of people right now under the sound of my voice and you've accepted we talked about every good and perfect gifts from God well the gift is the gift of Jesus Christ and I know a lot of you have accepted that gift a lot of you are walking that journey and you're walking a life of purpose and God's been able to heal your broken heart and he's been able to forgive you of your sins and you're carrying that on but well, what I want to do today is I want to challenge you to not just be thankful I want to challenge you to be the type of person that expresses that gratitude. First to our source, which is God. And a good practice, a good way to do that is through the resources. God uses people to resource so many things that we have. Express your gratitude to God. Give thanks to God and then those that he's using to bless you. That's a challenge for you. Another thing that I know is there's a lot of people in our other rooms online, here in this room, and you haven't accepted the gift the very first gift, the gift of Jesus, you're not walking that journey. And there's a couple reasons that you're probably not. One is because you're afraid you have to give up something. Let me tell you, you have nothing to lose and everything in the world to gain. Trust me. And another reason a lot of us, a lot of people have held off on making that decision is you've heard some sort of perverted gospel that says, man, you've got to get it all right. You've got to get it all straight before you ever accept the gift of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, that's really backwards. We accept Him. He comes in. He takes care of what needs to be taken care of. It's, it's nothing you have to do. If you could do it, we wouldn't even need Him. And we do need Him, because we can't do it. And He didn't come to tie strings on you so that you could be a little puppet. He came just so He could accept you, so He could love you, so He could heal your broken heart, so He could free you from the things that bind, that, that bind you. That's the, He just wants to come and just just pour out His love and His acceptance on you and on your life. That's what He wants to do. I want you to do me a favor in all of our campuses, all of our rooms, online, do me a favor. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes. Even if you're by yourself watching this on a computer screen or on your phone, just bow your heads for me and close your eyes. There are some that today's your day. Today's the day that you want to say, you know what? God, I'm I'm ready for you to heal my broken heart. God, I'm ready for you to free me of these things that bind me. God, I'm, I'm ready for you to forgive me, to love me, to accept me. You're ready to do that. And I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you do, I want you to be real about it. I want you to raise that hand as high as you possibly can. And I want you to leave it up wherever you are, all of our rooms. Go ahead and raise your hand. You're ready to allow him to do that for you. Hands going up around the room. Go ahead. I'm going to pray for you. Leave the hand up. I want you to leave it up It's a sign of surrender. I see us. That's incredible. Hold your hands up while I pray for you, please. Father, Heavenly Father, we see uh, your word. We, we appreciate your word and the truth of your word. And I know that you see these hands. And God, what's most important is you see the hearts that are behind these hands. And, and, and the fact that we're raising our hands today is a sign of surrender releasing, uh, surrendering our life to your life, surrendering our will to your will. So God, I ask you in Jesus' name for everyone that has their hand raised, God, that you'll accept them, that you'll love them, and I know that you will. I ask God you'll forgive them of their sins, God, that you'll heal their hearts, and God, you'll free them from the things that have had them bound, and God, you'll lead them. Even now, start to give them glimpses of the purpose that you have for their life, because their purpose is found in you now God this is a huge first step they're making and I applaud them for that but God I ask you to encourage them and challenge them to be bold and courageous not to stop here but to take the next step and the next step as you give instruction through your spirit and through your word God I thank you for the lives that are being changed right now I thank you for the eternities that are being changed right now in Jesus name Guys, can you help me put your hands together and let's celebrate the incredible life change that God's done. God bless you.